Gedvach, Gedvach. There's a uh, tradition from uh, the Alter Rebbe that there are three things Hasidim consider to be mitzvahs, even though they're not officially mitzvahs, and three things they consider to be sins, even though they're not officially sins. Today I want to focus on the three things that Hasidim consider to be mitzvahs, although they're not officially mitzvahs, and they are, number one, uh, to be smart, number two, to be happy, always find the goodness in every situation, number three, Alacrity, alacrity yet with thoughtfulness. Or in Hebrew, zrizus mimesinus. How alacrity yet with patience and being methodical. So I want to share with you three stories about these three themes. The first story is about the Hilik Rizner. There was a Chassid Rizner who was very wealthy. And uh, unfortunately, um, who was very wealthy originally, and he, was able, he had a son and a daughter, and he gave them a lot of money, and they also became very wealthy. And he was living in, in Lemberg. But as time went on, the Wheel of Fortune turned for him, and he lost all of his uh, money. So he reached out to his son and to his daughter, and he asked his son and daughter to uh, help him out. And his son and daughter both refused to help him. So he traveled to visit his Rebbe, the Rizhin, the Rebbe, Abitzol of Rizhin. And Abitzol of Rizhin immediately writes a letter for him and tells him to bring this letter to the Hasidim, his Hasidim in Lemberg, where he was from, and to give them this letter. The letter said, please help this guy out. And uh, he's, he's been, he's fallen in hard times. So he takes the letter and he goes to Lemberg and he shows the Rizhner Chassidim in Lemberg the letter from their Rebbe, the Rizhner Rebbe. And all the Chassidim have this meeting and they get together. And they put together 500 gilden for this Chassid. And he uh, takes the money and he invests it and he becomes, again, very, very wealthy. I've got to mention that when he had lost his money and his son and daughter um, stopped speaking to him, his wife got sick and she was so heartbroken that her own kids didn't want to help her. And so she died. And now that he became wealthy again, he, um, the people in Lomberg paid attention to him and uh, he managed to find someone else to marry. He married his second wife. When his son and daughter discovered that he was wealthy again, they said, oh, dad, um, why you hang out with that lady? Come be with us, live with us. The son offered he should live with him. His daughter said live with her. And uh, he wasn't sure what to do. I mean, he didn't want to divorce his wife, but they were pressuring him. And he knew that they weren't, didn't stand for, for him when he was suffering. And so he wasn't really sure what to do, though, because they really like put pressure on him and made him feel terrible. So he went to see his Rebbe, the Rizhna Rebbe. Rizhna Rebbe said to him, this is what you're going to do. You're going to write three letters. The same exact letter to your son, to your daughter, and to your wife. And the letter said, My dear son, my dear wife, my dear daughter, I have lost, unfortunately, all of my merchandise. I have traveled to Leipzig, and I bought all this merchandise. I don't have any, I don't have any merchandise. 
can you help me get home? So he uh, takes the Rebbe's advice. He writes, sends this letter to his son, to his daughter, and to his wife. And sure enough, a letter comes back from his son. He says, Dad, I'm sorry. You know, I love to help you, but my wife is a terrible lady. She doesn't want to help you. So um, I can't help you. Dad, I, my advice for you is stay with the Rizhner Rebbe. I'm sure someone there will help you out. They've helped you before. He gets a letter from his daughter. His daughter says, Dad, I'd love to help you uh, buy your ticket to come home and everything, but, you know, we, ha- we have to marry off our children now, and each um, suitor is looking to get a nedunya, they're looking to get a gift from us for the wedding, and so but because of this, we can't really consider helping you out. And then he gets a letter from his wife. My dear husband, don't worry. I don't want you to worry at all. God has helped us until this point. God will continue to help us. But please don't worry. I'm going to sell everything I own and I'm going to get you some money and help you get home. But please, you don't have to stand in the market and to um, beg for money. You don't have to worry about anything. So he gets this letter from his wife and she actually sent shortly afterwards 25 uh, ruble, and um, she says, I wasn't able to sell everything so quickly, as is what I was able to sell now, and he comes home with all the merchandise that he had purchased in in Leipzig, and all the gifts that he had bought his wife, he left that in the wagon, he comes into the home without anything, and she is so happy and so excited, he is home, and, uh, and he then... Uh, brings all the gifts he brought her that he had bought for her, and she's she was happy to see him. And without the gifts, and uh, certainly with the gifts, made things even better. So his son and daughter hear that their dad isn't as poor as they thought he was. So they immediately um, visit their dad and say, "Dad, we heard that you're you're okay. Uh, why don't you come and live with us?" So he takes out the three letters from his son, from his daughter, and from his wife, and he reads the letters to his children. So the original Rebbe was able to show this man how to uh, have the blessing of, of being smart. Yes, you have to love your children and devote yourself to your children, but you also have to uh, be intelligent and know what the situation is. That was the first story. Second story I heard today from uh, Rabbi Yunik, who... Um, saw this story firsthand. Um, Rabbi Yunik shared the story about a famous chassid of our Rebbe, Rabbi Ruben Dunin, all the Rabbi Ruben Dunin, often when he was in uh, Crown Heights, he would stay at Rabbi Yunik's house. And he, um, he was a very straightforward, very honest, very real person. The Rebbe said to Rabbi Ruben, if you have any question, I want you to come directly to me and ask your question. You have an open door policy, and anytime you have any anything you want to speak about, just talk to me straight. Just to give you an idea of who Rabbi Ruben Dunin was, he was such a pure-hearted person, such an open, pure-hearted person, um, that uh, he was once by the Rebbe, and the Rebbe told him to do something, to do A, B, and C, and never started saying, because... Do A, B, and C because. He says, Rabbi, please, don't tell me why. I don't want to do it because I understand. 
I want to do this because this is what the Rebbe has given me advice to do. I don't want to do something because it makes sense to me. I want to do this because the Rebbe told me to do it. Please don't tell me why. It's the this Chassid of Reuven, he wasn't originally uh, so religious. He had a lot of um, ups and downs in his life. But um, when he became, when he turned to Judaism eventually, he was, he had inspired hundreds of people to return to Judaism as well. His home was an open home. There's always people in his home. And Rebbe encouraged him to uh, be down to earth and to pay attention to the needs of his family. He wasn't so into, um, uh, he wasn't so into his own self and his own family, just in, in, interested in doing his mission in the world. And so the Rebbe had to encourage him to pay attention to his family. So Rebbe Reuven, um, because he was so honest, because he was so straightforward, because he was so pure-hearted, the Rebbe told him that he should talk to the Rebbe directly, but any issue he, he wanted to ask the, the Rebbe, because the Rebbe didn't want him to hear something from someone else who may not be so honest, and may not be so straightforward, and, the, and he, because he is so honest, he'll take things the wrong way, and people aren't as wholehearted as him, and the Rebbe wanted him only to ask any question he had directly from the Rebbe. So Rebbe Rubin once visited New York, and he discovered the following thing. The Rebbe had begun this program where very wealthy people were invited to have a private audience with the Rebbe. People would come together with their rabbis um, twice a year, before Yom Kippur, uh, I think before Pesach, and they would get a special blessing from the Rebbe and a special audience. People had to give a certain amount of money to participate in this special audience. And Reuven had visited the Rebbe, Rebbe Reuven visited the Rebbe for the month of Tishrei, and he sees that the Rebbe's synagogue is set up differently than it usually is, and uh, he wants to know what's going on. So he asks one of the secretaries, what's going on? He tells him, Rebbe Reuven, the Rebbe started this um, campaign, and the rabbis come with their supporters, and uh, that's what's going on. So Rebbe Reuven told the Rebbe's secretary, I don't know if it was a recline, Rabbi Eunuch didn't know if it was a recline or Rabbi Groner. And he says to him, I, I, I want to come too. Now, it wasn't a free-for-all. There was a list of people who were invited. But this secretary knew that the Rebbe has an open-door policy with this person. He's the only one that I know of that had such a policy. He's the only one that I know that the Rebbe said to him, just knock on my door whenever you want, and I want to talk to you. So he knew that this guy is not someone he could... Um, that this guy is going to come and... Uh, that's that's what's just going to happen. So when Reuben comes, and the way it works is, the first Rebbe gave a short talk, Rebbe spoke to the rabbis, Rebbe spoke to the supporters, and then each person comes by with his wife uh, and family, and they, have, and they, sh- they talk to Rebbe for a few minutes or a few seconds. So everyone goes by, and Rebbe Reuben, he sees that the time is almost done, everyone's has basically filed past the Rebbe. So he also goes by the Rebbe. And the Rebbe looks at him like, what's this? Like, why are you here? So he told the Rebbe four words. I also want to be rich. I also want to be rich. So the Rebbe immediately gives him a dollar. And the Rebbe says to him, um, a blessing 
for Ashiras Hanochena, a blessing for appropriate wealth. In other words, I don't have to explain the story, but the Rebbe was telling him, you need to realize what you have, basically. A blessing for you for appropriate wealth. Bracha with this for uh, appropriate wealth. That's the second story, highlighting the second instruction to Alter Rebbe, that Alter Rebbe said, Chassidim accepted as a mitzvah to always rejoice with whatever they have. And now the third story. The third story about alacrity. This story um, was shared by Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Hecht, al about the famous tzaddik, the, um, the Helik Rizhner, the Melmelech of, uh, sorry, 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 not Rizhner, the Melech of Vizhensk. Melech of had a chassid whose name was Abchayim. Abchayim was traveling home. It was winter. It was this time of year. It was a few weeks before Purim. And he wanted to travel home and to be with his family for Purim. He's traveling to get, he's traveling and he has um, uh, his merchandise and he's on the way home and it's snowing and he's very tired. It's nighttime. By the way, important thing to know, the Rebbe said whenever you're traveling at night, you should always stop every hour. So he's traveling, it's nighttime and he has his horse and wagon and he is, um, it's his own wagon and he is guiding the horses and he is very tired, and he feels his eyes start to close. Then he knows, in this juncture, the journey, there's a river, and with, if the horses are left to their own devices, the horses will go to the river, and they'll go into the river to drink. Although the, the river isn't entirely frozen, it's only a little bit frozen, and it's incredibly dangerous for the wagon to go into the river, but unless he guides the reins, the horses will go in the river. And he's thinking this, and he's thinking, I can't fall asleep, I can't fall asleep, I can't fall asleep. But as he's thinking, I can't fall asleep, he starts to fall asleep. And he's falling asleep, and he starts thinking, he starts having a memory about his, um, about his experience in business. He, um, had, he had a little crutch, he had a little inn. And uh, people would come to this inn, which he rented from a certain Paretz, and they would, uh, the, the farmers in the region, they would pass by this, this Kretschmer, this inn, and they would buy beer, they would buy vodka, they would buy mashka, they would buy gefilte fish, whatever they would buy, and, uh, and it was successful. It worked. It worked for a while. But after a while, um, someone else opened up another uh, uh, bar near his near his inn, and so all the farmers stopped coming to his inn, they, and they started going somewhere else. So he wasn't sure what to do. Should he keep his business open, or should he uh, try something else? By the way, people think that you know trusting in Hashem means you have to hold on to the same business. Not necessarily. Debbie says always ask friends that understand. You trust in Hashem, but the, the decisions you make should be with. The Rebbe says, Yedidim Evinim, friends that understand. Anyways, he decided to go directly to his Rebbe, the original Rebbe, uh, Melech Lezhensk, and ask him what to do. Melech Lezhensk tells him, you should sell 
all that you have and come back. Okay? He sells everything he has and he makes 200 gilden. And he returns to Ramel Chalvazhensk. Ramel Chalvazhensk says, Ah, oh, how much did you bring? He says, 200 gilden. So Ramel says, Very good, it's a perfect amount. This Sabchaim is shocked. What does it mean it's a perfect amount for what? He says, Listen, there is a family that owns another uh, Kretschmer, another inn. They couldn't pay their rent from the Paritz, from the landowner. And as it was in those days, if you couldn't pay your rent, the landowner would put you in prison. They couldn't pay the rent, they're in prison. They need 500 gilden to be released. I have 300. Would you give me the 200? Would you like to, like to participate in this mitzvah? So Reb Chaim didn't know what to say. I mean, on the one hand, it's a big mitzvah. On the other hand, this is all he has in the world. He, all he has in the world, he sold everything to get this 200 gilden. What should he do? So without thinking too much about it, his Rebbe is asking him. So he says, yes, Rebbe, I'll give the 200 gilden. So Rebbe says, very good. Here's 300 gilden. Please go and bring this money to this and this address. He goes with the money and he brings it to that address and he comes back to the Rebbe and reports to his Rebbe the success of his mission. Rebbe gives him five gilden, very small amount of money. He says, listen, Hashem is going to bless you with success. You will participate in this mitzvah. You gave your all. God's going to give you success. This little amount of money is going to become a lot of money. And so he takes the money and he uh, buys something and sells and buys and sells. And sure enough, he is incredibly successful. Very successful. He makes a lot of money. This is all going through his mind as he's going, as he's in this, in this wagon. He's in different business. And he remembers the year before how he was visited his Rebbe, Rebelchel Blazhensk, for Purim. And somehow, Rebelchel is sharing Torah. It's the Purim meal. And in the middle of the Purim meal, the, the Rebbe, Rebelchel, is sharing his Torah, and he is falling asleep. And all of a sudden, Rebelchel stops sharing the Torah. He looks at Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim! Shlofnish, Reb Chaim, don't go to sleep. Wake up. And this was the last thing he heard from his Rebbe the year before. He told him directly, Chaim Shlofnish, and that's what brought him out of his stupor, his sleep. And he wakes up in the nick of time, he grabs the reins of the horses right before they're about to enter the river, and that is how he survives. And he comes home and he, st- he thought about the words that the Tzadik said to him. Shlofnish, don't sleep, stay awake. And he realized that those words aren't just about not falling asleep. And the, not only do those words save his life physically, but those words are also an instruction to him not to fall asleep, to pay attention to what's going on in his life. And he started to realize, you know, he was giving 10% of his earnings to charity, but he started to shlof, he started to sleep. Now he wasn't so careful about 10%. What about 8%? What about 5%? He started to realize that he was praying every day, but he wasn't finishing all the prayers, he wasn't saying that to heal him. He started to cut corners. And he realized that the words of the tzaddik to him weren't just an instruction to him about, about saving his life, that he should hold the reins of his horses, but he should hold the reins of his life. And his only shlofen, he shouldn't fall asleep and should pay attention. 
And that's the meaning of the third instruction of the Alter Rebbe, Zrizus Mimesinus, to have alacrity, and yet to be thoughtful, and methodical, think about where you are, and what Hashem is asking you to do, and not to fall asleep. The previous Rebbe said, that before Mashiach comes, every Jew should turn to his brother and say, my dear brother, it's a long night, the exile's been very long, however, Shlofnish, don't fall asleep before the light of the day, Mashiach is about to come, don't fall asleep, stay awake. There was a chassid, his name was Eb Shmuel uh, Levitin. He used to say, there are ten levels in a fool. Ten levels in a fool. Sometimes a person walks into your home, and just the way they walk into your home, you can tell right away this person is off. Another time, another kind of person walks into your home, not the way they walk into your house, but the way they sit down in the chair. They sit down in the chair, the way they sit down in the chair, you can tell... Mashu Loba said, this guy's not okay. Something's wrong with this guy. Another person walks in, he sits down okay, but the way he picks up his fork to eat, tell the way he picks up the fork, there's something wrong with this guy. Another guy manages to get further on in the meal. Rabbi Shmuel discussed as he was gifted ten levels of a fool. The tenth level is, the guy comes in, everything's normal, he eats normal, he says the after blessing normally, he leaves normally. He walks out of the house normally, but he closes the door. The way he closes the door, you can tell this guy is out of his mind. So Reb Shmuel would say, which of these ten people is the biggest fool? And he said the biggest fool is the last guy. You think the first guy, the guy as soon as he walks in? No, the biggest fool is the last guy. Why is he such a fool? He says he held it in so long, he could have held it another second. And he, he couldn't hold in that last second. What a fool. He couldn't hold it in for one more second. So a similar way, Shmuel said, we're now at the time of Mashiach, the time of the redemption. Shlofnish, we shouldn't fall asleep. We're in the week of Parshish Truma, the week where Hashem instructs us to build the base of Migdash, to build the temple of Osuli Migdash, build the sanctuary. It's time to actually fulfill this mitzvah. The base of English is already built in heaven. It's time to bring it down with one good thought, one good word, one good action. We shouldn't stay, we shouldn't fall asleep. We should pay attention to our tzedakah, pay attention to our davening, pay attention to our Torah, pay attention to our, each of us, to our divine mission that the Rebbe has empowered us to do. And very soon, we're going to see the light of the day, the light of the true and complete ulam. We see this happen tonight. Agut avach and afrelech